Oh, I I don't really know if I can do this. Oh, Scotty wants me to write something about a purpley dragon, and I. It says it's about imagination, but I don't really have any. Don't worry about it, Jim. We've got, all got imagination. Imagination's a blast! It's fun fiction! Welcome to Fun Fiction, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly show about movies, media, and how the internet ruins it. I am your host... Scotty Moore, and joining me this week is a special boy with just a lot of dreams. <laughs> it's my uh, co-host from the Opposite Attractions podcast, the former host of A Horrible Premise, it's Jimothy Murphy. Hello there, children. Oh no, please. We can't... I'm not going to do this the whole time. We can't bring out Dreamfinder this soon, dude. <laughs> Gonna, I can't. I can't do that the whole time. It would be bad for everybody. You, your brain would actually destroy itself from within trying to get you to stop doing it. That's uh, that's how it is with this sometimes. Yeah. So th- this week we're talking since we do do a podcast about theme parks. I found it only fair to discuss a famous, I guess not famous theme park ride, but a theme park ride this week. I would hope in certain in certain circles it is quite uh, uh, beloved. Oh, I know it was because the first time it I was, wrote, yes, uh, first time I wrote it, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and she was like, "Look, I know you're gonna think it's for kids, but you have to ride Journey into Imagination with me." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Okay, fine." And then we walked in, and then my mind... Like, I think Eric Idle is what drew me in, which is sad, because that's a lot of people's not favorite part about the new show. <laughs> did you ever see Honey, I Shrunk the Audience? I did not see Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh. Was it bad? It's... it. I mean, it has Rick Moranis in it. That's a positive. But, um... But that's it. Yeah. He, he literally does shrink the audience. Although, at one point, I think... Uh, they use like a mirror, uh, and they pick they they show basically they show the tiny audience through like a mirror. So you just see like this little tiny like set of like the seats that we're in, and like stick figure people in, or like little matchstick people in in all the seats. Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, this has now become the Honey I Shrunk the Audience. Well, the the weird thing about that uh, about that attraction is that they I think there's something where they um. Uh, they kind of tell you that one of the side effects is potential, like, hallucinations. Figment or Honey, I Shrunk the Audience? Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, because I'm pretty sure at one point, like, a cat comes out, and it's, like, a weird, like, it's a 3D effect where it, like, turns into a lion, and this, like, lion head and, 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 like, paw, like, scratches at the screen. Yeah. Or, like, at the audience. And it was in, like, if you ever watched, like, the really old, like, official Disney World videos that they put out, like, for vacation planning. Yeah. That was, like, always the clip they used. Okay. Now, if you had told me that figment would cause hallucinations, I wouldn't have thought you were wrong. Because I finally, to prep for this, I did watch clips from, like, 1989 of some old, like, a kid who's probably dead now using his camera to film the old Dreamfinder version, and I'll be honest, I think I got mixed feelings on it. Uh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, I know that there's, like, the, the White Room is, like, the f- most famous part of that. No, wait, which part is the White Room? There's, like, a room they go into that's, like, literally, like, stark white, and then, like, effects, like, pop the pop stuff out of the white like you're thinking of things. Oh, Okay. I can tell you that where you load right now on the ride is where you meet the Dreamfinder from the original. Like, they cut off a lot of track. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that, because this ride probably takes, like, seven minutes, maybe, now, whereas the older one is, like, 15 minutes in fucking horrifying nightmare land. Yeah, I, th- I do think there is a there is a horror section, right? Yeah, like <laughs> that's the lightning thing. crashing and stuff. 
uh, one of our favorite segments from another podcast where they're talking about Disney World is where Griffin McElroy brings up the fact that why does every Disney ride have to have one section? That's like Winnie the Pooh, and then suddenly you're on Tigger's fucking abyss. And no, like, no, it's the Heffalump Nightmare Zone. Yeah, and so I was like, well, Figment doesn't have anything like that. Figment never really gets scary. I mean, I guess the part where you go into his upside-down house is kind of an abomination of nature. <laughs> and then I watched the old Dreamfinder one, where it's... You go in, you sit in front of the Dreamfinder on his cart for easily like five minutes while he's just like, Sup, everybody? Let me tell you about Figment. And then he pops up and he's like, Hi, guys. And he's like, Don't worry about it, Figment. Things are getting. I don't know why I'm giving him the voice of. You know, it, um, one of those vehicles is in mouse gear by the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It's really cool. I don't know why I was giving Dreamfinder the voice of the ghost of Duke Ellington from Big Mouth. <laughs> everybody. Let's go on a dream adventure. Da da do got an adventure for you. Oh, so tell me your first time. When did your figment cherry get popped? Actually, I um I didn't ride it. Like the the two time, well the the only time I went when it was the old version, I'm pretty sure I didn't ride it. I know I saw Captain EO, but I have no recollection of riding the ride. Yeah, zero. So I don't even know if I did it or not. And if I asked my parents, they'd be like, Pfft. they wouldn't even know what the hell I was talking about. Right. Um. But uh, so the first time I rode it was actually during the tour uh, at the beginning of my employment at Epcot. Wow. Wow, dude, they didn't get, take me on any fucking rides. They were just like, get well, in there. Well, you were you were at the Springs, right? So I don't think they could have. Now, hey, d- <laughs> let's not forget. We're I gonna was going to take you on a definite ride. Drink these 17 shots of bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare no, yourself I, for a ride. Let's not forget, I was employed by Disney World at Future World for approximately two days until I woke up late, missed one of my initiation classes, and then got promptly fired. Oops. But even then, I did get to go like to a few of those where they'd walk us around Magic Kingdom, and we didn't get to ride any rides. It was just, hey, tell us who's doing a bad job right now. And we're like, okay. <laughs> but, uh... I, snitch. It's time to snitch. Yeah, that was what it was, essentially. And then, I, I've never been more excited for a job initiation in my life. Um, I, uh, oh, wait. Yeah, that th- was the first time I rode it, was, was during that. I rode that. I rode Spaceship Earth, I think. Yeah. And I rode uh, the original El Rio del Tiempo, the River of Time at Mexico. What? Yeah. Yeah, about- before it was the the three caballeros, it was uh, the river of time. Oh, you're breaking my heart right now. It was basically exactly the same, just without uh, animation in it. It's literally. Oh, okay. It was very, very bad. Um, yeah. Like literally, like almost all the. I don't remember if all the video was the same, but yeah, pretty, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, no imagination in that at all. Yeah, my favorite thing about watching the old 1989 video of the Figment ride is there's a point at the end where there's like a mirror and you can see yourself going through the ride. So everyone's looking up, like, "Oh, it's us! It's us!" And then it shows the guy with the camera, and I swear to God, every seat behind him was empty. It was like a solid ten empty seats in a row. And I'm like, you know what? All you fuckers online saying that this version was better. Maybe you should have wrote it back then. Well, that's kind of what ruined, like, Horizons and Figment and Mr. Toads, maybe. Yeah. Like, just, well, um, the other thing that the new or the old ride had that the new one does not is the upstairs of the exit Oh, yeah. Section. Because they had, like, a big imagination thing up there, didn't they? Yeah, they had a giant tunnel that was rainbow-colored, and it was amazing. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And it's... I don't know if it's still up there, but part of me thinks it is. That, like, if you were able to get up there for, like, private parties, I think they can turn it on, and you can walk through it, and it's very awesome. Yeah. I, I will say, it's just... 
I like, I honestly do think that it's more of a hipster thing nowadays to be like, the Dreamfinder ride was so much better. And it's like, you're 16. I'm fairly <laughs> sure the new version of the ride is older than you are. So I do like the Eric Idle version a lot more for one reason and one reason only. It's because it's such a good drunk ride. Like, it's so good. And I feel like the old Dreamfinder ride would have been a nightmare while you were drunk. The, the It closed in 98... Yeah, I think, and then the 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 middle the middle attraction the the one no one talks about was open from like ninety nine to two thousand one. Yeah, what was the difference between those two? Uh, there was no figment at all, zero, nothing, not a little bit, not at all. What? Uh, so f- I really have no idea what the end of the ride was. I like after that after the smell thing, I have no idea what you did. Oh wait, okay, I see. So it. It was the new version of the ride, but without Figment. Yes, and people went insane. And so Disney was like, fuck it, just throw that purple dragon in there. Well, they'd already gone through a thing, because when Epcot opened in 82, they had, they, the, they, the, like, idea was no characters at all, none, not even a little. And people complained, and so like, okay, here's a couple characters in rainbow-colored spacesuits. Yeah. Um, and then they stuck Figment in in 83 and people like, were like, okay, this is good. And then when they, and he became beloved and then they took him out of the ride and it's like, now I think if they redid the ride now and took him out, I think people would be mad, but I think it would depend on what they replaced it with to how mad people would get. Cause there's rumor they want to put inside out in there. You know what, Jim? I love Inside Out. It's a fantastic film that made me cry real tears from my human eyes. If someone tries to put joy and sadness in the place of Figment, there will be sadness, and that's it. <laughs> it the ride will be called Sadness's Adventure Through Disney Nerds, and that's it. <laughs> Fuck. Like, I, I feel like it would be, like, you know on uh, Winnie the Pooh, there's the section where it's Mr. Toad signing the deed over to Owl. Like, it's a nice little tribute. I really feel like they'll put in, like, a small figment on the Inside Out ride, and every single time when people go by it, they're like, how dare you? The In, um, in Disneyland on Winnie the Pooh, it took over the space of the Country Bears. So when you go into that, I think it's that section, if you turn around and look, Buff, Max, and Melvin are still on the wall, stuffed. Oh, wow. With, with dead eyes, because they're not turned on anymore. Jesus Christ, that's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, but not only is Figment a great ride that I've done many times while uh, intoxicated. Uh, oh, shit. I don't know if you've ever even talked about this on Opposite Attractions, but there was one day, and it was back when I was with my previous girlfriend who loved Figment. She was having a rough day. I was having a rough day. And so I just messaged her, and I'm like, what would cheer her up? Hey, I want you to go to Disney World and see how many times you can ride Figment in a row. Didn't tell her it was to cheer her up. I just sent her on this psychopath mission to go ride that ride as many times as possible. She's like, okay, I got up to five. Jesus, okay. I mean, there isn't much (laughs) waiting, to be honest with you. No, I think you could literally probably just stay in the vehicle yeah although well no i you do have to go from the exit area to the load area i don't know if there's like a low bar or anything in that area so Mm -hmm. it's like the couple i think i put a picture of it on uh or a video of it on facebook the couple that rode jurassic park at universal studios like 30 times in one day and afterwards he proposed to her i was like jesus (laughs) christ that's a lot to do for a proposal my dude um Sidetrack, my, my wife, for some reason, watched the ride video of Jurassic Park. Yeah. And as we have never been to Universal, I, I found that weird. I don't know why she where, where the video came up, why she was watching it, but she was very, very bored by it. Like, she's like, this is stupid. There's no dinosaurs on this ride. And then, like, the ones that did pop up, she's like, those are really stupid looking. They, they definitely don't look real. And Jim. and then it got to the end, and she's just like, well, that was dumb. 
Nothing happened. She and then she thought that it was where Jaws. She thought that they had just reskinned Jaws. And I had to explain to her that no, it did not. That is not where Jaws was. I'm gonna, Jim. There's. I'm. I'm. I'm contemplating just quitting the show right now, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Holy shit! How dare you say that about my favorite? There are dinosaurs as soon as you walk in. There are dinosaurs, Jim. Uh, it might have been the video she was watching. I don't know, but she was very unimpressed. How dare she? Was she watching the video of that shitty Jurassic thing that's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I definitely do think that it was uh, the ride. Because, like, when you go down the drop, there's like a there's like a T-Rex over the top of the Some drop or whatever. Some massive, disturbing, terrifying T-Rex. And then you dropped 80 feet. I will say that while I do not like drops, when I looked at the drop in that video, I don't know if it's because of the video going from darkness to light yeah. so fast, but the drop seemed like it was like eight feet. It oh. was really weird. No, it's actually... And I'm like, I know it's farther than that, but like, it seemed like, well, that wasn't bad. That looked like the pirate's drop. What the heck just happened? No. But I do think it was just that the camera kind of was like, ah, bright light. And, yeah, that's like, probably what it out. is, because you do drop about... We have done so good at talking about Figment on this entire Figment-based <laughs> episode. Uh, well, Figment doesn't have any dinosaurs. He's a dragon, which is slightly a dinosaur. Yeah, that's what the dinosaurs evolved into, and then they ran away into caves called your brain, and then that's where they became imagination. <laughs> um, and, and then they it, was like, this is an upside-down house with uh, an upside-down toilet, and that is the most horrifying part of the ride. Yeah. You, they should have put the toilet, like, right above where the person goes through, and they look up, and then, like, water shoots down. I really thought, like, when I first saw it, when I first wrote it, I was like, if water comes out of that, I swear to Christ. <laughs> um, now, not only is Fidgement a ride, it is also a graphic novel, and I did spend some money to read those this week, so <laughs> episode length be damned if we don't talk about this shit, because it's actually really fucking good. Yeah, I haven't read the second part. I only read the first uh, the first. The second you know, volume I actually, one. I liked the second one more than I liked the first one. I read both of them like back to back in the span of an hour, so you can crank it out pretty quickly. But like the scene where uh, they're trapped in like the imagination zone, and Dreamfinder has a nightmare, and they're all just trying to get out of there, fighting back against it, was probably the most emotional I think I would have ever gotten at a tiny purple dinosaur and his ginger friend. <laughs> It's just a really cool concept for a book because of I really like how it shows the dichotomy between Dreamfinder and uh what's the what's the name of his boss in the book? Ugh. Back back. Kick Carl F Antifinder. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that he like Dreamfinder puts on a helmet and he uses it to summon Figment and all these fantastic imaginative things because he has imagination is great and then the fact that it shows that when someone who doesn't have a lot of imagination like his boss puts it on it creates a fucking evil robot that wants to take over the world and give it order and i'm like okay that went zero to 20 pretty damn quickly i think they just call him the chairman i don't know if it actually if he actually has a name vincent kennedy mcmahon the chairman of figment <laughs> Um, but no, the reason I like the second... Oh, here we go. Illa, Chairman Illacrant. Jesus Christ. Um, so the second one, though, I really enjoy because there's so much Epcot in it <laughs> that they're trying to retcon what it is. Like, um, the Imagination Pavilion, they're just like, that's the new U.S. home for the place that, uh, Dreamfinder worked at in the 1930s. And it's in the middle of Florida, and they're like, and it's all powered by this mysterious geodesic dome. We have no idea where this geodesic dome <laughs> came from. It is just fucking Spaceship Earth, and that's it. <laughs> but it's actually a really charming story, because there's a... It essentially is like there's a young Dreamfinder who has her own figment, who's called Spark. Because, of course, it's called Spark. <laughs> and they have to fight off against uh, Dreamfinder, who's been taken over by his 
evil, doubtful thoughts and has now become Doubt Finder. Oh, no. It's really dark. Heel turn. <laughs> yeah, he, like, straight up heel turns, and it's really good. So everyone out there, you need to check out check out Phagement, too. Uh, but you know what else I think people need to check out, Jimothy? Yes. I think they need to check out all the awesome merch we got at merch.aloadedpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, merch.aloadedpurebs.com. That's the website where you can go and get merch for Opposite Attractions, me and Jim's other show, for a load of BS, and then, of course, for fun fiction. We got tons of shirts over there just to cover your cover your bod and get you looking good in these winter months and speaking of the winter months christmas is coming up for all those great christmas parties you got you need an ugly a christmas sweater and we got you covered at merch.aloadofpurebs.com because we have ugly christmas sweaters for all of our programs from a load of bs to even fun fiction i'm actually really proud of the fun fiction one it's absolutely dope you guys need to check it out over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com so jim murphy we've talked about the figment probably 15 percent of the show so far so we sh- we need to get into the real meat and potatoes of the show, and that's reading fan fiction about Figment, which I honestly did not think would exist. <laughs> you were you were apparently very wrong, as was I. Yeah, because uh, I found me a decent one, but uh, I will let you go first with your chosen fan I, fiction. I, I don't think I found a decent one. <laughs> It's what I'm going to say. Jim, I once read a story about John Cena and Shrek going on a date. Don't you worry about good <laughs> or bad. <laughs> yeah, this is called Journey into Romance. Fuck you. What? What do you mean, fuck? What? Oh, I'm already scared. Yeah, uh, apparently it is by someone with the screen name FunnyTina677. Okay. Uh, I have issues with at least part of that name. Yeah. Uh, So the first part is called Figment's Romantic Journey. (laughs) Okay, I'm prepped. Okay. (laughs) Figment was educating children at Epcot as usual. I I don't think that's a real thing that happens. Mm Mm-mm. Um, after the park closed, he went to talk to some of the people at Epcot. Oh, please brace yourself for this. I'm so ready. Please be Shrek. <laughs> hey, Bill Nye. Do yes! you think I will always be this way? Wait. <laughs> Sigmund asked Bill Nye while sitting on a bench. Okay. What, Bill Nye said, confused. All day, we do nothing but entertain children and educate them, but we seem lonely. What are you talking about, Figment? We've got lots of friends. You have Channing. Dr. Nigel Channing. I know, but we're single. We don't have wives. We don't have kids. It's just us and our jobs. Figment has uh, uh, apparently very weird um, uh, psychological issues at this point of the story. Yeah. Are you saying you feel lonely sometimes? Yes, I need to find a girl. That is creepy. Get it, Figment. Good for you, but there are barely any girls at this park. Ooh, ouch, that's a burn. Accurate. How are you going to find one? By looking into my imagination. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm ready. As we do all Figment. Figment looked many nights after Epcot closed for a girl. He looked high and low for one. That is, until one faithful Friday night he was looking again. Soon, at the front of Spaceship Earth, he saw a pink dragon with black eyelashes in front of him. Hearts flew into his eyes. He went up to her and asked her, What's your name? My name's Emily. I'm Figment. You don't need an introduction. You're the best dragon out there. Saturday night, pick you up, Figment asked, blushing. That would be nice, Emily said. Great, let's keep this a secret, okay? What are you hiding, Figment? What are you hiding? (laughs) As you wish, my soon-to-be boyfriend. This is actually how me and my girlfriend Emily met, so... Your girlfriend is a pink is a pink dragon. Yes. Okay, this is uh, their first date. It says, I can't believe it has been days since we met. Now it's our first date. I know, Figment, the reason why I fell in love with you is because you're handsome. She is just changing that subject hard right there. Yeah. 
Oh, stop. People can hear us. No, they can't because we are already at our dating spot. I, I don't know what she means by that. Their dating spot was a restaurant near the castle in the Magic Kingdom. We're here. What are you going to order? I don't know. Maybe we can have a spaghetti dinner like Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> this is kind of sweet. I'm not even going to lie. This feels I don't. Okay, it says, I don't think that's on the menu. The cashier overheard the conversation. He went up to them. Hey, Figment, who is this? Um, This is my date, Figment said in an awkward way. Great. Disney needed more couples. Everyone except for guests. We have a new couple. <laughs> Figment and Emily were seated by the window and given the menus. I don't know what the cashier was talking about in that previous Yeah, thing. no. Take your time and order when you're ready, the waitress said. She ran off. They took their time. Finally, when they were done, they ordered the spaghetti dinner. Okay, we'll have it ready in a few minutes. After a few minutes, their dinner was ready. As they were eating, there was a moment where they shared the same noodle and kissed. Aww. Aww. No one noticed because it was so quiet. Yeah, I wouldn't notice if two dragons were making out next to me at Tony's Town Square. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to say this is rated T for romantic themes as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, after dinner, the fireworks show came on. They sat near one another. Figment, this is the best date ever, Emily said in his ear. I know, I'm starting to like you more. You're the sweetest dragon ever. They rested on each other's shoulders. Oh, man. The next section is called The Question. Okay. <laughs> Throughout the next few months, Figment and Emily went into a budding romance. They had a few more dates after the first one. I would hope so. They sang, danced, and even played a role-play game where Emily was a princess and Figment was the prince. Way to use your imagination, buddy. One night, Figment wore his yellow sweater that he wears sometimes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Emily was wearing a purple dress with dots on it. Once ready, they went near Spaceship Earth. It was dark and no one except security guards were there. The guards knew about the romance. Ooh. Their job was to protect them. From... And what? From dragon poachers, obviously, Jim. <laughs> you look great tonight, Figment said. You look great tonight, too, Emily said. When I was little, I had a sweater like that, except it was red. Aww. Figment knew the guards were listening, and he blushed. Oh, no, yeah, he, he's blushing about fashion sense, I guess. You don't have to be embarrassed, Figment. Look, I am embarrassed, too. Let's hope no one else finds out about the color of her, her shirt sweater. Yeah. Same here. If my mom finds out, she would not be happy. She divorced with my dad when I was only six years old. Aww. <laughs> Gosh, sorry to hear that. If Channing, my friend, finds out, he will probably not be happy either. Nigel Channing hates love. Yeah. Well, it's because he's like, he's all alone. He's stuck in those computer screens. <laughs> and, and the moon. Yeah. After finishing their dinner, Figment was nervous. Why looking so nervous, Emily asked, without conjugating certain verbs. Why, oh, it's just Emily. Yes. Will you marry me? Figment put out a nice shining ring. Aww. Yes, a thousand times yes, 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 yes. The couple kissed and went back to their room where Figment threw rose petals to celebrate. <laughs> this thing takes so many weird turns. It's so cute, though. <laughs> Okay, for the wedding day. Figment and Emily were excited for their private wedding. They were dressed in the traditional wedding dress and tuxedo. That is Figment in the tuxedo and Emily in the dress, if you needed to be reminded. Okay. Anyway, the wedding took place at 5.30 p.m. Only the employees from the parks were allowed to the wedding because it was in an area where no guests were allowed. Mouse gear. Yeah, I was going to be like, is this in the utilidors? <laughs> like, just... <Yes. laughs> Uh, everyone sat down, and the cashier from the first date was the priest. That's how I'd want it to be. <laughs> oh, man. The couple would like to thank everyone who is here tonight in love and in romance, in respect and in kindness, in sickness and in health. Do you, Figment, take Emily to be lawfully wedded wife? I do, Figment said, holding hands with Emily. And Emily, do you take Figment to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do, Emily said. Now the exchange of rings. The two exchanged rings with one another. They stared into each other's eyes. And all in favor, you may now kiss the bride. 
Figment and Emily kissed. Everyone in the cl- crowd clapped and cheered. After the wedding was over, everyone partied until the park closed. Figment and Emily spent their first night together at the Contemporary Resort. Way to shell out the bucks there, Figment. Yeah. Our first night together, Figment said. They giggled when a hotel employee told them, Hey, could you keep it down? Mickey is trying to get ready for the big breakfast tomorrow. Sure thing, sir. Sure thing. That? Yeah, stop it. Stop it in your room along with the 800 other people staying there. <laughs> That's some implication. How dare you? That's got some implications that I don't like. Oh, it's this is going to have some other implications. After staying a few nights at the hotel, they decided to take their love life to a new level. Bow, 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 bow. Figment, I think it's time we, you know, Emily said. We do what? Figment said confused since he had too much to drink the other night. <laughs> got a four-day hangover we you know they call it many things making love hooking up all other things oh this is where it gets rated t i see (laughs) segment cast you mean yes we are going to make love that thing oh i know the real name for it what are we waiting for let's get weird in private (laughs) let's get weird in private i want that on a shirt now they went to their room where they made out. They kissed deeply where everyone can hear. The hell are you making out? Mommy, what are these people doing? People. If I saw two dragons necking, I don't know what I would do, but I don't think I would ask my mom what these people are doing. I assume they're in their room, so. Okay, you see, when a man and a woman love each other very much, they show it by loving on each other. <laughs> they do what? Uh, you'll find out when you get older. <laughs> Mickey and some other characters heard the noise and wondered what the heck was going on. <laughs> Damn. Why is someone fucking in my hotel? I'm trying to make breakfast. Damn, Figment getting it, though. After a few minutes, everyone was annoyed by the sound of kissing and tried to find out what it was. They went upstairs, opened the door, and found Figment and Emily making out in their bed. Everyone gasped, and parents covered their children's eyes. I'm never fucking in the contemporary. That is... <laughs> Apparently the walls are literally made of paper. <laughs> Emily pulled the covers on the bed up and looked awkwardly at the dads. <laughs> <laughs> Just them thick dads. <laughs> um, go to the Magic Kingdom today, Figment said, embarrassed. Okay. Channing overheard people talking about what they saw that morning. What's the fuss about and why is Figment not here? Yeah, what the hell happened to this ride? Where's Figment? <laughs> it's the old version. <laughs> The mom from earlier told him what happened. She gets around. Your friend, well, he's in this relationship with a girl. I think they are married. Channing gasped. I don't believe it. I have to see for myself. Figment was late due to the incident. Sorry, I'm late. I can explain. Oh, I already know. What? Don't want me. Who is this girl? Her name is Emily. She is my wife. Why didn't you tell me? Because I was embarrassed to. I thought you were going to be angry. Why would I be angry? I love the idea of you in a relationship. Thank you for your support. Figment and Channing hugged and Emily joined them. But what if my mom finds out, Emily said. Don't worry, you're in good hands, Channing said. However, late at that night, the couple went on the news. That was when Emily's mom found out. Emily! Her mom yelled. "Um, Yes, mom, Emily said, worried. You married a dragon you met at a theme park? Yes, Mom. Why, that is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard. It is? Yes, your dad and I met at a lame club and married at a dumb old school. I never knew that. Is that why you two divorced? Yes, yeah, sorry you have to had to live that way. <laughs> they divorced because he married her at a school. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you put me in this marriage at this school. Sorry I didn't tell you. I was worried about you getting mad at me. It's okay. I will never be mad if my child finds love somewhere special. They hugged. By the way, I think Figment is a great name. Figment cheered and went to work with his new wife near the land. Aww. <laughs> like what? They went to work at Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> the last chapter. Figment and Emily lived a happy married life for many years. They entertained guests and helped Bill Nye with any fears he had. Yeah. <laughs> They even sometimes still make out in private, but when no one is around. Yes, that's the definition of private. Love was had, and one night they invited Mickey and Minnie out on a double date. Thanks for inviting us here, Mickey said. 
You're welcome, Figment said. They enjoyed a nice breakfast together. So one night they invited out and had breakfast. Yeah, they went to the Waffle they House. Talked to, yeah, they talked about how they meet, how they meet and love. Eggs and bacon is the best, uh, the best breakfast to eat, Emily said. I think it is wonderful, Minnie said. And waffles with my face on them. I love it. <laughs> well, it's time we go. See you later, Figment. That's all it says. I'm sorry. Bye, Mickey and Minnie said. They enjoyed the rest of their day at Disney. The end. I really enjoy how the Mickey voice is the only one you put on as if. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can do. When your character, when your custom created character is in a cut scene. <laughs> okay. Now, dude, I did a little investigation during that and did find out that, that was written by probably a 14 year old girl. And to her, I say, you did a very good job, sweet girl. That's not how sex works, but otherwise, I think you you've got a bright future ahead of you. Uh, I'm more afraid of her uh, understanding of how security works at the contemporary resort. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, mine's going in a little bit of a different direction, Jim. And I'm okay. I'm sorry. So mine is actually called Shadow or Journey into Imagination by Shadow Zim Thirty Four. Have you ever heard of the Journey to Imagination with Figment ride at Disney World? I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't. The ride's not nearly as popular as it used to be and kind of sucks nowadays. Anyway, Journey into Imagination with Figment is a ride at Epcot on the west side of Future World, very close to the Canada Showcase. Maybe you've seen the two glass pyramids while wandering aimlessly and wondered what could be inside. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if only two or three people reading this have ever actually ridden it (laughs) itself. In the ride, you explore the wonders of imagination with your five senses, aided by a tiny purple dragon named Figment. He presu- proceeds to cause quite a bit of mischief and basically acts like a five-year-old who's had way too much sugar. After going <laughs> through the main ride, you're allowed to explore a tiny play area and are soon released into a gift shop. You can pick up the stereotypical Disney merchandise and a few articles unique to the attraction. One thing you, you might notice in the gift shop is an enormous white support in the middle of the shop. Upon closer examination, you may find a set of stairs roped off from the rest of the shop. These stairs lead to the second floor, and the only thing separating you from a piece of Disney history. Journey into Imagination was a ride opened in the March of 1983. The original ride featured the adventures of Figment as well as his creator, the Dreamfinder. The two would travel around in the Dreammobile, or Dreamcatcher as some call it, and collect dreams and ideas to create magical new themes. You can explore the different aspects of creation, including art, literature, performing arts, and sciences, and in the end they would take your picture. The second floor was the Image Works, the original play area. It was... To be honest, much more creative than the current play area. <laughs> you could play in fountains that launched water back and forth and even meet Dreamfinder and Figment in the flesh. Unfortunately, in 1998, the ride was set for innovation. Soon, the ride was replaced with Journey into Your Imagination with a testing facility. This version had much more influence on the version with Figment, on this, the new version with Figment, which opened in 2002. After the first renovation, Imageworks and Dreamfinder were forgotten. You may be wondering why I bothered to research all this. Well, when I was a kid, the original was my absolute favorite ride. On my first visit to Epcot in 1990, my parents decided each of us, my two siblings and I, could pick a ride. Epcot didn't have much to offer back then, so my older brother chose to walk through the Wonders of Life Pavilion, and my older sister chose to look at the French Showcase. The Wonders of Life Pavilion is also gone, by the way. I mean, anyway, as you can imagine by now, no pun intended, I chose Journey into Imagination. I can still remember being six at the time. The only reason why I chose it was that the shape of the building interested me. It's funny looking back on it now. I can still remember all the excitement and amazement I felt when I sat in the buggy and went through the ride. My mom actually had to hold me back to keep me from jumping out of the vehicle. I enjoyed the play area thoroughly, and my dad even brought the photo from the ride as well as a plush of figment. I even cried a little when I finally met Dreamfinder. From then on, I was obsessed with Journey into Imagination. Every time we went to Epcot, I demanded we ride Journey into Imagination. I memorized the lyrics to One Little Spark and would sing along on the ride, much to my fellow riders' annoyance. I framed Dreamfinder's signature and hung it above my bed and slept with the figment plush every night. I was even one of the last people to ride the original on its last day of operation. I didn't think about the ride as much when I moved to college. I went to UCLA, so Disney World was all the way across the country. I kept myself busy and pushed my memories to the back of my head, but I still kept my figment plush plush with me. I felt like the little guy was too precious to leave behind. 
Then days turned into months, and everything began to mesh together. I was bored, and the magic that I felt when I was little, it was gone. I didn't get another chance to visit Disney World until last year, so it had been over a decade, and I was in my late 20s. I was still as excited as ever, and I bolted to the ride as soon as I was let in through the gates. I had known that the ride had been renovated, but I wasn't aware of the disappointment I would face. I rode the ride once, but the ride had lost the magic it had when I was little, and I couldn't stand to ride again. I didn't experience anything that bizarre until that night. I heard strange noises coming from the pavilion as I passed it on the way out of the park. It was faint, but I swear I could heard screaming. But not screams of fright. They were the screams of excited children. There was laughter and screams of delight. The noise sounded strangely familiar. I couldn't believe what I heard. Why on earth would Disney broadcast something so random? I chalked it off as my imagination running wild as the result of a long day. That night, I had a very interesting dream. I sat in the old buggies that went through the ride as the ride played out perfectly as I remembered. The same carousel in the art room, the telescope in the science room in perfect detail, Figment's little animatronic dance from the performing arts room. As soon as I walked past the, or went past the final scene, the area where you get your picture taken, I was taken into a room of complete darkness. I was confused. I wasn't really aware I was dreaming at this point, so I thought that I was supposed to be getting off the ride by now, but the darkness continued for another five minutes, and then the laughter began. I could also hear one little spark playing in perfect rhythm with the movement of the ride. The buggy was moving toward the sound, so I simply sat in the buggy and waited. I was whisked away into the image works of all places and watched the kids playing. I was enjoying myself by now. Some kids were playing with the giant kaleidoscopes, some were stomping on the tiles through the electric philharmonic, and others played with the various other attractions. I soon saw the rainbow tunnel, my favorite part of the image works when I was little, but on the other side was darkness again. I was starting to question why I was seeing all this when I saw Dreamfinder. He was standing there under a spotlight in all of his glory. He looked just the same as he had when I was younger. I felt like squealing with joy. He had that same dark blue coat, the same curly brown beard, everything. As I got closer, his grin started to widen. When I was just a few feet away, the buggy stopped. Dreamfinder held out his hand, which seemed odd. His grin was extremely wide. I felt myself stand up almost against my will and walk towards him. I woke up when I was only a couple feet away. The next few times I visited the park, which was often, since my mother had gotten me a season pass as a gift when I moved back to Florida, they were filled with about the same experiences. I started riding Journey into Imagination with Figment more often, and the more I rode the ride, the louder that laughter became. I also had that same dream more often each time I got closer to Dreamfinder, and his grin got wider and wider. I thought I was going crazy, but something kept drawing me back. I didn't know what it was, but I couldn't resist. One night, the screams became so loud that they were all that I could hear. I was almost afraid to go to sleep. I wanted to avoid the dream. I was so close to actually reaching Dreamfinder, and I was paranoid about what would happen. Soon, I became too tired, and I fell asleep. This time, the ride was not at all the same. In fact, it actually looked better. All of the decorations seemed real. The animatronics moved like real humans, and it scared me a little bit. When I arrived at the image works, all of the kids were moving super fast, and then I saw her. Six-year-old me was staring at me with those big blue eyes. I couldn't understand why she wasn't joining the other kids. This was so much fun, but her face was pale and her expression was panicked. She was making gestures at me, gestures to turn back. I tried to leave, but I couldn't. She started crying, but I didn't know why. I couldn't control anything now, so all I could do was watch my dream play out. I went through the rainbow tunnel, and there was Dream Thunder. The walk started, and I was filled with a small sense of dread. I was finally close enough to take his hand, and then in his ever-cheery voice, he spoke. Hello, dear. You've been a good little girl, and followed me without fail. I didn't know what to say. My mind was racing with questions. Why was all of this happening? Dream Thunder continued. As a reward for remaining so faithful, I will ask you... Would you like to join me? I felt my throat dry up as a smile crossed my face. I began to laugh and nodded violently. He clapped his hands and smiled. Splendid! Then follow me! 
He chuckled. He took my hand and we walked to the Dreammobile, which was parked nearby. I took the seat where Figment usually sat and we flew off. We reached the clouds and I was ecstatic. The air was thin, but I didn't care. I was home and I could help people. Best of all, I could live my childhood dream. I could live my childhood over and over again with him for the rest of my life. The TV flickered on. A female reporter appeared on the screen. Our next story, a young woman has strangled herself to death. She was reported to have visited Epcot the same day. There were no signs of struggle, but she was found with both hands squeezing her neck and a smile on her face. Police are still looking into the case, but so far our sources say she was caught... <clears throat> but so far our sources say she so showed no signs of depression or mental illness. She was found in her apartment about two days after she died. However, the past few days we have received some strange calls from people claiming to see this woman in their dreams. She and a man in a blue suit have been seen flying through the sky in a strange device. Each of them also report having brilliant ideas and were claimed to ins be inspired to start a form of project. Whatever's happened here remains a mystery. Hopefully we'll one day be able to learn the truth, but later tonight we'll visit a man who claims to have been a target in the murderous rampage of a video game character. We will return to CNN News in a few minutes. The TV turned off. The tiny purple dragon watching the TV let out a sad but innocent giggle as tears filled his eyes. So, Dreamfinder, Figment said with a grin, you finally found my replacement. The end. Jim, you gotta look on your face like <laughs> I just fucked your whole night right. <laughs> That that the Twilight the Twilight Zone presents Journey into Imagination. Yeah, I mean, I, I just looked over and you're like, oh, oh Picture no. Uh -oh. Consider the following: glass pyramids. Yeah, I enjoy the fact that like yours was like so like, oh, they fell in love and he met a lady dragon. Mine's like she killed herself, but now she lives with Dreamfinder. Uh. <laughs> Figment's in a in a beat up, run down apartment somewhere. Yeah, uh, but you know, Jim, what we just did—this whole reading out stories out loud—it's it, cool. But I just wish people did it for like books. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just wish they I could find someone to read me an entire book. And I guess if I wanted that, I could go to audibletrial.com slash bsnetwork. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Audible.com slash bsnetwork. That's the website where you go get you a free 30-day trial of Audible. You can get a free copy of any audiobook. You get something for free. It ends up supporting us. It's a win-win, ladies and gentlemen. And you can get any of my books over there for free. The Queasel Corp Trilogy, BS vs. the Gods. Check it all out over at audibletrial.com slash network. Now, Jim, I've issued a challenge. I've thrown down the gauntlet to you. A man who knows so fucking much about Disney World and is, uh, kind of, you wrote a book once, right? Yes, I did. So I was like, this boy knows how to write. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'll I would like to remind you that Stephanie Meyer also wrote a book once. <laughs> Hey, we we can't badmouth Twilight, or else my former co-host will never come back. To Actually, the show. no. Wait, I'm not even going to talk about. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say Stephanie Meyer. Who's the one that wrote Fifty Shades of Grey? That's um, Janine Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> I, you shouldn't know that. No, I gave her the last name Grayson, and you're like, oh yeah, this is clearly the correct name. <laughs> Uh, but I will turn the table to you, Jim, for your tale of imagination and adventure with the Fidgeman. Um, I do not have a title for mine, sadly, because I'm not imaginative enough. That's the title, is I'm not imaginative enough. <laughs> um, you are not to interfere with the tour! Dr. Nigel Channing's voice boomed over the intercom. It was the 19th time that morning that they had heard this, his spiel, and it was barely 9 a.m. He had been named the new head of the Institute a week ago and had announced a special tour was to take place that day. Today, excuse me. Figment stared up at the speaker and frowned, knowing he was only a few minutes away from hearing the message again. Across the room sat Wayne Zielinski, 
his institute uniform in tatters and his face streaked with black and yellow stains. He poured off his glasses to more closely study a second pair of glasses, stained similarly to his face, but also in six different pieces. It's okay, Fidgement. He doesn't want me anywhere near the tour either. Says I need to clean myself up and take the rest of the day off. It's, it's Figment, actually. We've been over this. Figment flapped his way to the opposite side of the room and poured himself another cup of coffee. Did, 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 did you make this? Not after last week. HR said the only coffee machine I'm allowed near is the one in my office. But I used that to make a model hot tub a few months ago as a toy prototype, you know, for dolls. That sounds very imaginative, Figment perked up a little as he took a swig of the black coffee and felt his eyes dilate. Uh, the first doll they put in it melted after about 30 seconds. Last I heard the child, they had it, they had testing and is still seeing a therapist. Attention, it's two engineers, the loudspeaker suddenly boomed, causing Figment to drop his coffee mug and Wayne to throw his glasses into the ceiling, both shattering. This is Nigel Channing, but I'm sure you already know that. Remember that there is a very special tour today, and that will decide the future of our sensory labs. You must understand this is a very this is very important, and it's my duty to inform you that all non-essential personnel are to stay in their offices until the conclusion of the tour. As I am the only essential member of personnel listed for this particular exercise, let it be my duty to remind the rest of you, you are not to interfere with the tour. Don't worry, Fridge. I'll get it. Wayne had already retrieved a broom and was sweeping away what was left of his glasses. I'm sure they've got you busy in your department. Oh, so busy. You have no idea. Figment rolled his eyes as he looked down at the remains of his Imagination Institute mug on the floor and disappeared into the air, his voice lingering. Maybe don't take that one little spark thing, spark thing so seriously next time. Uh, before the growth of the Institute necessitated massive construction projects that set its square footage out of control, the roof of the building was only two large glass pyramids. While visitors can still see them from the new main entrance, they look more like simple and small decoration than the window to the imagination the architects conceived them as. It is under these pyramids where Figment has cobbled together his own office out of disused furniture and broken lab equipment, including a lounge chair Wayne had wired up into an incredibly dangerous tanning bed. The fire had sent ripples of gold, purple, and green patina over the metal structure of the seat and backrest, and Figment found it quite beautiful to stare at under the moonlight. The sunlight currently floating down through the pyramids was an entire other story altogether. I need to cool off. That's what I need right now. He conjured himself a giant purple water pistol and began firing it around, teleporting himself into each spray of water before it could hit the ground. Soon enough, he was all over the room, a menagerie of dragons of different colors all spraying each other and laughing maniacally. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Lights around the room flashed red and all the different colored figments vanished till only the original remained dazed on the floor. Aw, oh, man, he groaned as Dr. Channing's voice came over a speaker next to him. Figment, I thought we'd discuss these incidents of you running wild before this tour today. Are you all accounted for? Yes, he said out loud with a sigh. He wasn't exactly sure if anyone could hear him. I'm going to be nice and assume you said yes this time, and I will not have to call security. Oh, whatever. Blair actually likes me, unlike you, he said at the speaker. But after waiting for a response that was not coming, Figment left the floor and flew all the way to the very top of the tallest pyramid and looked through the glass to the outside. If he squinted, he could just about see the parking lot by the entrance. And if he squinted really hard, he could almost make out the shape of a bus. Where is my telescope? Oh, I know. And with a wave of his hand, a pirate spyglass appeared for him to peer through. Arr, that be a bus, me hearty. He took a closer look and saw the bus itself was empty. What be the time, matey? He looked down at an office clock hanging upside down from one of the walls. Bok, it be half past E. I mean three. Bok, he called like a parrot. The tour has begun. Welcome to the Imagination Institute, Weebo hummed as she flew back and forth in front of a small group of executive men and women. I am Weebo, and I am a flying robot created by the fine people at this institute. And while touring our sensory labs, I hope to introduce you to many of them. The executives were looking everywhere but at Weebo. A few stopped to take some notes on a clipboard as a door-marked lab entrance opened in front of them. The group slowly entered into a sterile, white, empty room. As the doors closed behind them, Weebo flew toward the wall at full speed and passed right through it. A few of the executives gasped as she flew back into view, laughing. This is our sight lab! Isn't it amazing? How did you... One of the women started to say before the wall rippled in front of them, and an eye chart appeared. Can you please go ahead and read line six on the chart, Weebo said, still laughing. The group stared for a moment before realizing the eight letters across the chart read, Illusion. Optical illusions, yes, a man in the back droned as he began making notes. What fun. 
The sense of sight is ripe for using your imagination. You can look at something for a long time and not even be sure it's even real. Crooned Weebo as the wall vanished to show a gigantic butterfly in a cage, slowly rocking back and forth on a perch. Come this way, please. The group walked toward the other side of the room, keeping a close eye on the largest butterfly they had ever seen. As they passed the cage, the butterfly slowly began to disappear, leaving only the slowly rocking perch in its place. Mirrors, of course, a few of the executives could be heard murmuring as they moved to take a closer look at the cage. Please do be careful, Weebo warned as one of the men reached out to touch the bamboo bars. Fuck! It's a trap! A purple parrot with horns suddenly appeared on the perch, his reflection showing in the mirror running down the center of the cage. Ha 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 ha! The executives all jumped back as Weebo's screen lifted, showing video of a siren. Figment, please! You were warned! Figment popped from the cage in his dragon form and flew around the ceiling. You never know what your eyes might see if you use your imagination, he said as the lab doors opened and a security guard, armed with a flashlight and a cane, slowly ambled in. Oh, I gotta run, everybody. See you in the sound lab. Or should I say, hear you? He vanished into the air, and after a few seconds, Weebo's screen retracted. I'm very sorry, everyone. That was, how do you say, a figment of imagination that was created many years ago. He is quite a nuisance. Let's hope we don't see or hear him as we move into the sound lab. Blair, would you mind tagging along? The security guard stroked his beard for a moment and thought, and then tipped his hat to Weebo. Sounds delightful. The sound lab is right this way. Please do be careful and watch your step. A second set of doors open, and the group moves slowly into a dark room. The best way to study sound is to remove all the other senses. Just move close to me, and we'll run a small test. Weebo's eyes lit up as she flew over the huddling group. Now let us begin the test. Which side of the room do you hear the tones? I'd ask you to raise your hands, but I wouldn't be able to see them. A few beeps and buzzes echoed around the room from the right to the left. A few executives murmured through the darkness about their inability to take any notes. All aboard, came a second voice from the darkness. Choo-choo! Figment, no, this is important. Important? What's more important than making sure the train runs on time? The sound of a train slowly faded in from the dark and blew past the, past the group along with a harsh burst of wind. Feel that? That's your imagination, Figment giggled as his voice bounced around to all corners of the room. Blair shined his flashlight after the sound, but saw nothing. Blair, I think I found him, Weebo called. Blair pointed his light at the robot. Figment was sitting on top of her, rocking back and forth on his tail. Aw, you got me. Figment clutched at his chest and fell from Weebo. Now I won't get to visit the smell lab. He groaned and gasped as another set of doors opened into the smell lab. Yes, well, let's move ahead to the next lab then. Try not to step on any dead dragons. Weebo flew into the next room as the group followed, muttering to each other how thankful they were to be entering a space with lights. Blair, make sure you sweep up Figment, please. As the doors to the smell lab closed, Blair searched all around with his flashlight but saw nothing. A Figment can't die, silly robot, Blair said as he stood in the dark. Figment, if you can hear me, maybe do please not to try and make such a stink of the tour. I'll be forced to take you to Dr. Channing's office. I've never been there before, Figment's voice whispered out from the dark. All I gotta do is make a stink? Okay, thanks, Blair. And though Blair could see nothing, he knew Figment had disappeared. Here we go, then, Blair said to himself as he lifted a walkie-talkie from his belt and clicked it on. Dr. Channing, please report to the smell labs. Isn't this lovely, Weebo asked as she moved around between a series of large tanks with hoses moving off of them in different directions. Each one was marked with a scent the tour group was gathered around smelling. Vanilla, rose, bacon, chocolate, and citrus. We here at the Imagination Institute pride ourselves on being able to fill our minds with thoughts based on all sorts of wonderful smells. These are all real winners. Winners? I wish I could be a winner. Figment suddenly appeared atop the tanks in a black fursuit. But all I would ever get is one cent, he said as he spun around to shove the white line going down his back and across his tail. Oh no, oh no, the entire tour covered their faces as a harsh skunk smell filled the room. Figment, my sensors are picking up high quantities of sulfur in the air and my cameras can see you're wearing skunk pajamas. How could you? He was using his imagination. The doors to the lab opened and in came Dr. Channing, an older gentleman in a white lab coat. Blair was walking behind him with his radio to his face. Ventilate the smell lab, please. And after a few seconds, or excuse me, <clears throat> and a few seconds later, the sounds of motors filled the air, and soon the skunk scent had been removed. Figment was still sitting atop the tanks, looking down at Blair and Dr. Channing. He had never met the owner before. You stay put for a moment, Figment, he said before turning his attention to the group. I'm truly sorry, as I was supposed to be the one leading this tour today, but had to take care of an emergency. And now here I am taking care of this emergency. 
Weibo, thank you for taking over the tour duties and please help our guests onto our touch and taste labs. I'm sure they will find them quite imaginative. Yes, sir. Right this way, everybody. The next set of doors opened and the group followed as Weibo led them into the touch labs. As the last executive passed through the door, it closed, leaving Figment, Dr. Channing, and Blair alone. Figment, it's time we had a talk in my office. In your office? Now. I don't know. I don't, don't know where your, your, your office is, sir, Figment stuttered, only to see the scowl across Channing's face turn into a sly smile. It's wherever you want it to be, see? He snapped his fingers, and suddenly the three of them were surrounded by all sorts of office furniture, including a secretary at a desk who looked up with a slight bit of amusement at the fact she was now sitting in the smell lab. Sorry, Grace, he said as he turned back to Figment. Any other questions? How did you do that? I thought only I could do that. Figment was flying around the room in amazement, checking to see if the things he was seeing were real. Your creator taught me everything I know about the imagination. I've just had to hide it for quite a while. My creator? You mean... Why, yes, the Dream Finder, Blair said as he stepped in front of the docker and slammed his cane into the ground, sending a burst of energy throughout the room and replacing his security uniform with a sharp purple suit. But you can still call me Blair. Ah! Figment screamed and flew into the Dream Finder, hugging his waist. You've been here the whole time? Not the whole time, he said. Remember I left you here and went on that secret mission? To the subconscious! Yes, well, I was trapped there by some bad thoughts. The Institute was taken over by scientists trying to make the imagination rigid and boring. Luckily, one of my old assistants, Nigel here, was able to get in at the bottom floor and has worked his way through the ranks till he controlled everything and was able to use his imagination to help me return here. But we knew there would be some resistance if I came back and took over. But I also had to protect you and keep you safe, so Nigel hired me as a guard to keep you safe. But he was so mean to me, Figment thought back to all the reprimands he had received from his mischief in the Institute. Why did you let him do that? The people that took over after I disappeared didn't want you here. Nigel was able to save you from being erased from existence by giving out small punishments while he secretly helped me get back here and ready for when he became head of the Institute. Now we can get this place back to how it should be, full of lots of sparks of imagination. Dreamfinder laughed loudly and waved his cane around in joy. Nigel joined him for a little dosy do around the smell lab. And the tour, asked Figment as he flew between them, sharing a quick two-step with Dr. Channing. Just a little experiment seeing how long it would take to get some real sticks in the mud to have a grand old time and actually start using their imaginations. I'm not sure anything has worked yet, but let's say the three of us join them in the taste lab for a bit of a... Food fight, yes, Figment cheered. I'm going to throw some hot dogs made of ice cream and some ice cream made of stinky, smelly cheese. Wonderful ideas, Figment, as always, said Nigel as the Dreamfinder snapped his fingers and the three of them were suddenly wearing large ponchos and safety goggles. Figment summoned a bugle and somersaulted through the air as he played a charge call. Let's go give them a taste of some fun. I hope Weebo likes whipped cream pies. As they rushed through the doors leading to the air labs, they all knew things. two things were certain. The Institute would soon be getting some much-needed change, and that the tour group was about to experience something they could never have begun to imagine. The end. Oh, That's sweet as shit, dude! Every single time I bring on a guest, I swear to God, it's the same story. It's not good. And then they read it, and I'm like, it's good. Eat a dick. <laughs> I don't have any around. I've lost it. I had a big bag of them, but now they're yes. not around anymore. They're probably with my marbles that I've also lost. Yeah. Uh, so, Jim, thank you for joining us on the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I, I'm on Twitter at Apparently Smart and uh, very few other places, sadly. Yeah, and of course, can also be found on the Opposite Attractions podcast. So, if you like hearing Jim talk about theme parks, check that out. And then, of course, go make sure to listen to all the older episodes of A Horrible Premise that. We still need to figure out how to bring back, because we did a sample episode, and we need to do it. Yeah, we do apologize for any audio quality issues that may you may experience listening to those. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Make sure to buy all my books on Amazon, the Queasel Corp Trilogy, BS vs. the Gods, or go to audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Get you a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. It supports us, like I said, and you get something free. And if you want to support us elsewhere, you can either on merch.aloadofpurebs.com or buy stuff on our Patreon, patreon.com slash BS. And then, of course, make sure to check out all the other shows online at a load of pure BS.com and 
make sure to send in your fan fiction, either to be read on the channel or on next week's episode, where me I'm going to be joined by my good buddy Brady as we discuss Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I, I'm so fucking hyped for, dude. Also, uh, yeah, thank you to everyone on the fanfiction Reddit who sent in your fanfics last week. I swear to God, that post blew up. It got us so many new subscribers. I am eternally grateful to all of you for all of your support. And if you'd like to join them by subscribing to the channel or rating us on iTunes, just giving us all the feedback uh, you would like to would help, ladies and gentlemen. But until next time, Jim, there's a little thing that we have to end every single show with. A warning to the audience. A big warning about something. And it's for them to stay away from baby Hitler.